Amen. This morning, I have a message entitled, Called to Freedom. Called to Freedom. I'm going to be reading out of the book of Galatians. Galatians is written by Paul. It's a book that if you really study it, it really sort of can tell you who you are in Christ. It gives a good description of how we are to live our lives daily. So I'm going to read Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to read 13 through 25, just so you can sort of hear in the context of it, and then I will go uh, sort of a, few, a couple of verses I want to hit, and then I'll probably get you guys out of here a little bit early. Who says amen to that? Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Verse 14. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not... I think I got off there. In the spirit against the flesh, for these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do these things that you please. Verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissension, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I Forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And we'll end with verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, or envying one another. So called to freedom. The Apostle Paul in his letter to the Galatians actually challenged the people to a higher standard. He called them to a higher standard. He said, for you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. So what do we mean by the words freedom. Does that mean anything to you? See, did you know that you are called to freedom? Now, probably a lot of you in this room would guess. You would identify with that. You would agree with that statement. But my question is, how many of us actually walk in it? See, we sang it earlier, but my question is, do you live it? See, there must come a time when we not only sing the lyrics, but they're in our hearts and we live by the words we sing. Amen? We're not just here to repeat a sound or a lyric. We're here to sing to the one who gave us the freedom. See, we aren't meant to live a defeated life or a roller coaster of high highs and low lows. See, we're called to something much different. See, that doesn't mean we don't go through things. It just simply means our perspective and position are different and that we have God with us. I want to read you this quote that I found on freedom. It says, freedom is not just an abstract concept, but a concrete reality that has the power to transform our lives and our relationship with God. See, Paul was calling the Galatians higher, and he was reminding them of their position. And so that's what I'm doing today. 
I'm reminding us and I'm calling us higher. So this is my letter to you. Allen, chapter 1, verse 1. Epicenter Church, brothers and sisters, you are called to freedom. You are called to freedom. See, the word called there actually means an invitation. See, you aren't commanded, you're not demanded to freedom, we're invited to freedom. See, and we know when you get an invitation, it's up to you whether you accept or you decline. See, nothing from the Lord is forced upon you, but we are invited to walk in freedom. See, God has called us, He has extended an invitation for us to a place, and that place is freedom. See, real freedom can only be experienced in Him and through Him. The world attempts to duplicate what looks like freedom, but without God, it only leads to more bondage. See, if we can just keep our perspective and purpose in mind, there lies the place of power. See, but not only are we invited to walk in freedom, but Paul says this, Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. See, Jesus paid for your freedom. He did the work And his intended purpose was so that we could be free. See, but I must possess, ascertain, take in. I must accept the invitation given to me. And I must apply the freedom in order to walk in it. See, the Galatians had found themselves where they were returning back to their old ways. They were going back to the wisdom of the world. See, and Paul says to them, what happened? You were doing so good. Who got in your way? You were running such a good race. So my question is, how do we, as Christians, maintain our freedom? This is what Paul says. This is what it looks like. Galatians 5.16, when I read it, but it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit. See, Paul is giving some instruction, and he's giving a little bit of wisdom. But I say, How do we not fall into the trap that the enemy has for us? The habits, the sin nature, the desires of our flesh. Paul says this, the key to overcoming what we would naturally tend to do, our natural response, if we walk in the Spirit, we don't fulfill the desire of the flesh. So the safest place to start walking in the Spirit is by following what he says in his word. His word is enough. He still speaks to us. His word says, my sheep know my voice, but his voice shouts loudly through his word. Amen? See, we don't elevate the audible word or the prophetic word above scripture. If we aren't careful, we begin to think unless we hear something outside of scripture, somehow that's not enough. See, walking in the Spirit isn't some mystical, super spiritual experience only for a few select. It's not just for those who are in full-time ministry or who even stand in the pulpit. Walking in the Spirit is for every believer for every moment of your life. See, it just means as we go through life, we ask the Holy Spirit, should I do this? See, Scripture says He will lead us. So we should take seriously His invitation to help us. The question is, should I live in this house? 
Should I get this job? Should I go to that school? What people do I allow to have influence in my life? How should I react or respond in this situation? See, religion will tell you that God's not interested in being involved in your life. But I have news for you. Scripture declares otherwise. See, he fills us with his spirit for the purpose of empowering us to live overcoming lives. But we mostly ignore the help of the spirit. It is for freedom that he has set us free. But most of us, rather than walking in the spirit, tend to walk in worry, doubt, fear, negativity. And those are the things we declare when we walk in them. Last Sunday morning, I was on the, the, the way to church, and this happens a lot. I was, I was heading to, uh, to worship practice, and as I was just driving down the street, I, t- I turned the corner about to hit the freeway, and all of a sudden, I heard the lyrics to Oh Happy Day. If y'all remember last Sunday, I sang Oh Happy Day. Okay, so I'm thinking, I'm, I'm driving, I hear Oh Happy Day. I think, okay, I don't really know that song. I, I know the lyrics. I'm not sure who sings it, so I look it up. I Google it. Lo and behold, it's a gospel song. I'm like, Lord, I'm not gospel. Uh, what do you expect me to do with this? And, and I, I just heard, you're supposed to sing this out of the first song. Now, if you don't know me, I'm not a great musician. I'll just clearly say that. And I do a lot of things to the band, and they just follow me. They just, I throw them something. I throw them a curve, and they, they oblige me. They're just the, the most gracious team I've ever worked with. So I'm, I'm driving. I'm looking up. I'm like, Lord, but I'm not gospel. So I was like, I can't do this song. I would never do it justice. I can't embarrass myself. Uh, so I'm just, I'm not going to do it. So I get, get to church. We, we start practicing. I am walking up, I think, on behind the stage. I tell the team, I'm like, you know, the Lord gave me this song, Oh Happy Day, but I'm not going to do it. So I think. So I get up on the stage. I'm singing the first song, Glorious Day. And all of a sudden, I hear the lyrics again. And I had a choice. Do I obey the Spirit or do I obey what I want to do? So I said, I will do what you tell me to do. And so I sang, Oh, Happy Day, for the probably the first time in my life. But when we yield to the Spirit, that's what walking in the Spirit looks like. See, walking in the Spirit could be just as simple as singing a lyric. It could be leading someone to the Lord. It could be saying hello to someone that you're mad at. It could be hugging someone who's offended you. No one hugged me after church. See, whatever it may be, whatever he tells you, just do it. That's walking in the Spirit. Whatever it may be, if you're being obedient to his leading, you are walking in the Spirit. It's that easy. See, we make it so hard, so spiritual. Oh, you must get to my level. No, you just got to walk in the Spirit. And when he says something, you yield your life to, and your will to him. See, we make things so religious when really he makes them so simply. See, God speaks or he leads us all very differently. But he will never, hear me, he will never lead you or speak you to what counter to what Scripture says. He will never lead you or speak to you counter to what Scripture says. The written word of God always outranks any spoken word or revelation you have or someone else has. If it doesn't line up with this, throw it out. That's another spirit and we don't want to deal with that. See, if a spoken word is counter to what Scripture declares, don't listen. There's a hierarchy when it comes to prophetic or even words of counsel, words of wisdom. If Scripture says something else, you better reject that word. 
So if you really want to know what walking in the Spirit looks like, look no further than Jesus. What did he say in Scripture? He said, I only do what I see my Father doing. He does it, I do it. That is what walking in the Spirit looks like. Jesus said, I only do. So walking in the Spirit is tied to submission. John 5.19 says this, Jesus said, apart from the Father, I can do nothing. Now we all know Jesus could do whatever he wanted. It is very clear from Scripture Jesus had a will of his own. But to walk in the Spirit meant he laid down his own will so that the will of the Father would be accomplished on the earth. Jesus said this, of myself, I can do nothing. See, Jesus wasn't interested in doing what he wanted. He had no other desire, no other motive, no other purpose, no other intent than to do the will of the one who sent him. We live by not accomplishing our wills, but that his will would be done. See, Jesus was dependent upon the Holy Spirit of himself. See, it wasn't about him, but we make everything about us. But I'm calling us higher today. I'm calling you higher. I'm calling us to freedom. See, I'm not calling you to legalism or religion. I'm calling you to walk in the freedom that he already paid for. It's an invitation. See, freedom is unrestrained. Freedom is unyoked from the heaviness of this world. The Bible declares, your word is a lamp unto my feet. That means we're walking and a light unto my path. That means we have direction. But listen to this. When you first start deciding, you're going to make the choice to follow what the Spirit says. You're going to walk in the Spirit. The first thing we do is we have to listen to someone that we are accountable to. See, it takes time, it takes practice and accountability to walk in the Spirit. See, walking requires choosing. Your legs don't get up in the morning before you do. Your legs don't walk independent of yourself. Your legs don't think, I'm going to go for a walk. See, no, your legs are connected to the brain. Your brain signals it's time to move. So when you go, where you go, how fast you get there, it's all dictated by your choice and your yielding. See, God comes and he dwells on the inside. But so often we continue to live as if he wasn't in us. See, it's the awareness that changes everything. If I'm not aware he's on the inside of me, I don't ask for his guidance. If I'm not aware he's around or he'll change the circumstance when I ask, then who am I going to ask? We feel like it's all up to us. See, the awareness, the acknowledgement of the Spirit changes everything. See, why would a God fill you with his very self and not desire an intimate, personal relationship with you? That same spirit, the Bible declares, that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He dwells in you. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says this, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? Now we read that just straightforward as fact. But my guess is, when Paul declared this, that was a pretty bold statement. See, the tabernacle, there's a lot of the tabernacle in in detail in the Old Testament. 
The tabernacle had to be very exact and precise dimensions. Everything on the outside was built on certain specifications. On the interior, everything had to be a certain way, including the furnitures, the colors, and materials. See, nothing in the Old Testament when it comes to the tabernacle was by accident or coincidence. See, and so Paul's saying, you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. See, the tabernacle in the Old Testament was a building he inhabited. In the New Testament, he inhabits what he's building. See, the structure was built, and he filled the structure. Now he fills the structure, and he builds. See, in the Old Testament, he inhabited the building. Now he inhabits what he's building. The tabernacle is the place where heaven filled the earth. Heaven and earth become one. That's what's in the inside of us. The tabernacle was built in the Old Testament to hold his presence. That was just a temporary location. He always planned for man, made in his image, to be the holding place, the dwelling place, the resting place, the meeting place, the sanctuary for his presence. That's you and I. See, he, the living God, wants to meet in you. See, he gives you the power when you walk according to his ways. See, the power comes when we walk in accordance to his spirit. That's how we remain in freedom. We lose freedom when we draw power from the wrong source. See, even in times of disobedience, we want the blessing of God. But he says, I cannot supply what brings you death. Philippians 2.12 says this, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation. Work out, in the Greek, it's kata. It means against, down from, throughout, over against, among, daily, day by day, each day, according, by way of. You get it. It's a walk. It's day by day, moment by moment, minute by minute. We make decisions as we go out through life. The other word is ergozomai. I mean, the word work there. It's not about your self-work. It's not about a work that you do in your own flesh. It's about a work that he's done for us. It's a deed, an action that's carried out to a inner desire. This is what this really translates as. Because I believe something to be true, I conduct myself daily in a way that produces on the outside what I believe on the inside. See, walking in the Spirit is connected to obedience. You know, from time to time, or rather, quite often, you'll hear Kirk, who's on our preaching team, he will talk about the kingdom of God. And so what's interesting about this is we are actually to govern and be governed. You know, Kirk will say that when you think about the kingdom of God, and this is my interpretation, we don't always understand what that means, kingdom of God. And so he says, just replace kingdom with government. It's God's government. And so right there in Galatians 5.16 where it says, walk by the Spirit, it actually means to live or by how we govern our lives. 
See, govern just simply means to direct and control by law or by will. See, we are called to govern our lives and to be governed over. That's just the way his kingdom works. See, throughout Scripture, it's clear that we are reconciled to God through Jesus. We are called to conduct our lives in a certain manner. And because we surrender to him, we no longer represent ourselves, but we become ambassadors to this new government. See, we are to govern our lives under the direction or governing of the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says this. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. That word guide you is actually made up of two words. One meaning a way, a journey, a road, a path. And the other means who is chief governor. There's that word again. It's all about governorship. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says this, So that no advantage will be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. See, we somehow think that knowing that the enemy has plans for us, that that somehow puts us in the defensive, but the truth is that scripture puts us on the offensive because we know what we're up against. We know how to to win over the enemy. I'm going to end by this, Galatians 5.25. If we live by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit as well. So here's what that means. If we profess to be made alive by the Spirit, then we should be walking in rhythm, in cadence with the Spirit. So here's my translation of that scripture. If you say you're made alive by His Spirit, then we should be acting like it. Amen. Stand up with me. Father God, I just thank you, Lord, that you are speaking to our hearts, God, that you want to bring us to a higher new place in you. God, we want to walk by your spirit. God, we want to obey your very word, God. Father, I thank you for the word that you have bound in paper, God, that it speaks louder than any other word could possibly speak, God. Father, I thank you, Lord, for a hunger and a desire to to be birthed in our hearts again. Lord, let us hunger for your word again, God. Father, I, tr- I thank you, Lord, for a desperation to arise in us, God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for a new season, God. I just thank you, Lord, for entering in a time where, God, we are just so led by your spirit, God. It's not about our wills being done, but it's about your will being made perfect in us, God. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, that we now adjust our ears to hear, God. We no longer want to live by our ways. We no want to live by our flesh, God, but we want to lay our wills down, Lord, that your will would be done in us. Father, we want to be led by you. So we yield our, our, our wills to you, God. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you fill us to overflowing. God, we just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are in us, you are with us, and you are giving us the ability to overcome all things, God. Father, I love you. We love you. We thank you, Lord, for pouring out your spirit, God. Father, we thank you for freedom in this place, God. God, we shout freedom again, God. We want to be free in every way possible, not bound by anything, not bound by religion, not bound by our past, not bound by our failures, but God, we want to live in freedom. And you have said we are called to live and dwell in freedom. So I thank you, God, that you are bringing us to a place of higher freedom, more freedom, deeper freedom, God. I thank you for a revelation of who you are in us, God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you have given 
given us the victory. You have paid the price, God. And so, Lord, we choose as a congregation, Lord, to walk in the place of freedom, to be guided by your Spirit daily, Lord. Let us daily live by every word that proceeds from your mouth, Lord. And so I thank you, God, that we give a freedom shout this morning. Can we just shout to the Lord again this morning? God, we thank you that you are moving, you are speaking. God, we thank you that you are breaking off heaviness. You're breaking off the yoke of the world and oppression. You're breaking off the yoke of death and God, all those things that want to weigh us down. God, I thank you, Lord, that we will walk in your freedom. It's our call. It's our cry. We walk in freedom. We live in freedom. We breathe in freedom. We just thank you, Lord, that you have called us to a higher place. We thank you, God, that there is something more for us, God, that we may have come to a good place, God, but now you're saying come up a little higher. There's more for you to do. There's more for you to hear. I have more things for you to do. Lord, I think as we, as, even as we go, God, let us remember that your love fills our hearts, God, that they will know us by your love, God. They won't know us by our prophecies. They won't know us by the gifts that we walk in, but they will know us by love, and so I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for, the, for true freedom to rest in our hearts, God. In every place where we've attempted to manufacture freedom and self-help ourselves, our ways of freedom, God, we lay all of that down, God, and we want to be made free by you. You have paid the price, God. I thank you, Lord. In that, we will produce good fruit. So we bless you this morning. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. And we all shout amen. Amen.